0: My experience is always uh, intellectual property uh, protection. Mm -hmm. When you have a piece of uh, intellectual property as a protection, and that gave you a lot more leverage to negotiate uh, market share, negotiate cost of production, and also uh, carve out your own niche, protect your own niche. That gives you a opportunity to uh, to be. to slow down your competition or uh, uh, to fence out the knockoff, a copycat or infringement. Mm. This is, uh, if there is opportunity, if there's a a creativity, try to uh, file a legal protection.
1: Hey everyone, this is Devin Miller here with another episode of the Inventive Journey. I'm your host, Devin Miller, the serial entrepreneur, entrepreneur now I messed up on my own word, that has built and uh, several seven and eight figure businesses um, from scratch, as well as the um, founder and CEO of Miller IP Law, where we help startups and small businesses with their patents and trademarks. And uh, today we've got another great guest on, and he has a couple of guests in the background that may or may not chime in. But uh, so we've got a bit of an entourage, which is all the better. And uh, but the, the main guest we have on is Brian Jung, and uh, Brian has uh, been a bit of a ser- or an inventor or an an entrepreneur ever since he was in school. Uh, majored in some industrial design, created some, you know, what what a lot of people may know is the you know the automotive pop up sunshade. Uh, he was one or the inventor on that. That was his first product um, graduated or, or, and then uh, did that even before he graduated sold off that business and then has been been launching a few businesses ever since. So if that is an introduction. Welcome on to the podcast, Brian.
0: Thank you very much for your invitation. Appreciate the
1: opportunity. Oh, thank you for coming on. So with that, we'll dive right in. So we, I give a brief introduction, but you said, you know, you've been an inventor basically ever since you've been in school. So maybe if you want to remember all the way back to that, the early school days of your, or your invention, and let's talk a little, or pick the conversation up from there and talk a little bit about your journey.
0: Of course. Thank you. Again, uh, I, will, uh, I will start my, uh, uh, my history back to uh, the late 80s. I came to uh, in the mid '80s. I came to the U.S. and to practice, learn my English. Again, uh, most of audience still were able to pick up my accent, my thick Chinese accent. So, therefore, I categorize myself have a unique language called Chinglish. It's not English. It's called Chinglish. It's Chinese and English combined.
1: (laughs) I I actually lived. uh... And I don't know that I mentioned to you. I lived in Taiwan for a couple of years um I served a, a religious mission for my church and I also studied chinese when I was in uh um in my undergraduates so just as a common note uh not that our audience would understand, but it would be fun sometime maybe after the podcast we can talk a bit in chinese so you, anyway. can, al-
0: you can always uh talk in Chinese with me since i I still remember my Chinese a little bit I haven't. I'm, I'm sure
1: you're chinese <laughs> I'm sure your Chinese is significantly better than mine. So anyway, yes. picking back All up. Right. And then
0: I, I, to... I, I, I actually, the airplane was landed in uh, Seattle and uh, I flew from Hong Kong. Uh, I flew from, uh, I crossed the border from mainland China uh, it, which is the city of Guangzhou uh, and Shenzhen and uh, Hong Kong. And then I flew to Seattle from Hong Kong Hong Kong at the time is a developing uh, area. Uh, a lot of vehicles are very smoggy. The entire city is very, very mm. smoggy. The moment I landed in Seattle, shocked the hell out of me. The air so clean, the windows so clean. I look at uh, uh, I look at outside of the trees and little hills um, and the runway. I thought this building has no windows. So clear, so nice. So that, <laughs> That actually, is what uh, the beauty, beautiful land of America. So clear, so nice, good, good air, good quality, uh, good environment. Then I, I will. Uh, then I again, I, ch- I transfer myself from Seattle Spokane. Uh, there is a, uh, there's a school uh, called Eastern Washington University in the city of Cheney. I start my language uh, from over there to learn my English. Um, and I was a very fortunate uh, 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 to stay in an American family. The father, Alan Hale, is a retired U.S. Air Force colonel. Um, they have a, uh, six boys. Hmm. Every boy became to my brothers. Now, even now, up to today, they are, we still uh, keep in touch, and we still are very good friends with the family. So I became to their part of their family, they became to part of my family. So after two years of language, I'm uh, I went to Art Center College of Design in Pasadena as an industrial design major. I was able to learn how American in industrial design um, working with school and also working with uh, several automotive uh manufacturers, they all have a studio hmm. in Los Angeles area. And I was able to work with certain uh, car design studio as a part-time, as a, a, a uh, internship. Then I was able to uh, also walk into a situation in the middle of school we are all very tired but we are we can uh i can rest because the brain was so 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 uh so nervous and then i was pick up the remote control watching a tv guess what there is a infomercial pop up in front of me teaching people how to make a mail order business and how to do a business in the us from your own invention. Hmm. What the hell? That was a uh, Joseph craftsman. Very popular uh, in mail order. And then I was able to uh, have a little crowdfunding from uh, the, the school, in uh, from the class in the school, raise a little money, approximately $365. Uh, everybody chip in twenty dollars and twenty five dollars and then bought the whole uh, course. It brought you through how to make uh, how to form your business how to apply your IP protection which is utility design pattern trademark and form a uh, entrepreneur uh, business and uh, sell it as a mail order at the time is very big and also sell to the uh, chain store like a walmart Kmart at the time uh price club at the time costco and uh, any other toys whatever the store was mm. at the time sears is very big that's where american shop as their slogan <laughs> <laughs> um, and then um in the class um they the the teacher say, you guys are creative guys. Why the hell are you guys still sitting in my class? Get your ass moved out of my classroom and pick up one existing item you can design better and come back next week. Oh, mm. all right, that's it. Okay, so uh, some people pick up the stroller, some people pick up the uh, sporting goods and automotive accessory, whatever. But they spend several hundred dollars to buy the sample and dissect them and restudy them, design them. I was a very poor student. I don't even have money to buy samples. But the most uh, lowest price point uh, product I was able to pay attention and able to to buy is uh, cardboard cardboard accordion cardboard sunshade for mm. motive windshield cost me $3.99 to buy one and then i'll say maybe i can figure out a way to redesign this this guy scratched the dashboard and so hard cardboard sometimes even generate paper cut on the fingers of the user and later on they may even auto uh, automatically pop up because of, uh, the memory of the cardboard while you're driving. It's not safe. So therefore, I thought maybe I should figure out something. Uh, 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 use this as a, uh, a a not what not to do. <laughs> so I eventually I came up uh, a pop-up sunshade, which is a two metal loop sew on a nylon fabrics. Hmm. Uh, the, this technology is not only, uh, I remember my mother have a uh, a hat pop up like that when she was riding a bicycle to work. And I, when I was in school, I was working on other classes as a model making. I was cutting the wood, use a band saw. The band saw is a big gigantic machine floor uh, uh, floor up to almost six feet tall. And with the bandsaw blade, I was cutting my model. Boom, I broke the damn things. So I had to take the bandsaw blades and go to, um, I went to the storage, try to check up the new bandsaw blades. And then the guy telling me use my tape to tape the sharp edge of the bandsaw, roll them up and then dump to the uh, trash can. When I returned to the counter to pick up, the Benzo Blaze, guess what? I receiving a big pizza box. I open the box, boom, sure enough, that was a benzo blaze, benzo blaze, blaze full. It's the same way my sunshade fold. <laughs> I say, man, that really a able to do a collapsible feature from big oval, big, big, gigantic, big oval.
1: Yeah. No. So, and, and, so jumping in. So, so you had that, and you you made the prototype. Uh, went on to uh, build a business around it. Is that correct? Is that yes? That was-
0: yes. And I uh, was able to spend some money. Bought the the uh, uh, fabric uh, from DuPont's uh, distributor in New York, Buffalo. Uh, UPS to my uh, dormitory and I was able to go to downtown LA also uh, go to Thomas Guy at the time there's a manufacturer guy called Thomas Guy figure out where to buy the loop then shift the loop to the factory in uh, near Chinatown uh, Los Angeles and hmm. then I was able to produce two thousands of them and then start selling in swap meat uh, just near my factory, no, near my school in uh, Pasadena uh, called Pasadena Rose Bowl Swap Meat actually is in city of uh, Pasadena uh, Mm. Rose Bowl. And I was uh, selling them and boom, we sold out almost 2000 pieces the first day. At the time, the price point was $20 US while uh, people are selling the cardboard sensory, uh with a $4, $5 price point. Wow, that was very encouraging. Ever since that, the product uh, uh, launched, I was able to learn how to make commercial packaging. Uh, then I started selling in Feco at a point that was a nice store of local chain uh, mm-hmm. as a membership store. And then I was able to sell to every mail order, of uh, uh, Brookstone and shopper uh, image at point at a time and hammer
1: a and stock crest and So, if I did, so maybe you jump in this so you, you build a business you have the idea is part of industrial design school you come up with the idea hey let's make this foldable then we also you, you figure out how to produce it you get enough funds together you leverage the knowledge of you go out start selling them on the street or you know kind of a local area I think that's awesome and you're able to slowly grow it from there. Do a mail order, get it in some stores. And so now, if I were to fast forward, so you know, you grow the business. And I think it, you mentioned at one point, even the first year it was a multi-million dollars in sales. So how did you? Where did you leave off, or when did you? Did you? Do you continue to own that today? Did you sell off the company, or how did you go to the next leg of your journey?
0: After two years, three years of success uh, selling automotive uh, accessory, which is where I categorize. Where the uh, Sunshine categorized at, and the automotive in auto automotive aftermarket industry is rather small in terms of accessory. When are a categorized as a the rim of the tire or or of bumpers or fenders. Uh, interior accessories are very small, so I sold the business I launched a new company called play Hut used the same technology but not making shades but making uh children play tents.
1: so I'll, and we'll jump to so one question I have is it sounds like for the those two or three years it was a fairly successful business had a lot of good sales. What made you decide to you know wind that business down or to get out of it and go on to a new business. what was what was the motivation for that uh, transition? We were
0: able to make uh, the, the highest number we were doing is uh, sixteen million dollars uh, highest uh, sales number we were generated. And the first year we were able to generate seven million dollars just by not knowing business. It's all because of product. Product is king. If the product being recognized by the market, um, uh, uh, take a dummy like me in business uh, while I was still in in school uh fin- try to finish my uh, a master degree it, it, it flies uh, along the, the the way I make shitload of mistakes as a designer as a a design school student we i know nothing about business we when the, when the product was selling so hard in Costco and price club. And the buyer was screaming on the phone, you better airship them. I ran out of my inventory. Your product flying off the shelf. It's all your fault. I say, my God, it's all my fault. It's okay, I, 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 I am taking this as a criticism or encouragement. I am going to fly seven container, 40 foot container uh, with airship to deliver to you. My God, that was cost me arm and leg. Why about the, uh, almost half years profit? But again, the reason I uh, like to decide to sell that is in the automotive industry, Sunshine area, there's more than nine different knockoff company exist. I filed nine lawsuits the first year I'm I'm in business. I don't even know how can I pay, pay the lawyer working so hard for me to sue everybody. And then such a small industry, so many knockoffs, I think, i better sell this to someone who have a better uh, better experience in legal litigation. Let him uh, kiss around with the knockoffs and then I would like to take the cash and then I go to establish another business. That's the reason. Okay.
1: No, that makes sense. So if I were to almost summarize this, basically you're saying, hey, we were being successful, it was growing, but as we were growing, as we were getting more traction in the marketplace, we started to see knockoffs, people that were copying it. And while you try, initially tried to do the, le- you know, go the legal route, it became, it continued to, knockoffs continued to grow, became to the point of saying, hey, this isn't the, I don't want to be in the suing business, or I don't want to be in the always chasing knockoffs. Why don't I get out while the getting is still good? Or why did, you know, we still have good sales. We can get a good value for the company. And then you go on to the next adventure. So I think one of the next adventures that kind of caught my eye or that we talked a little bit before about the podcast um, was that you did an action figure that uh, Bluetooth connected with an iPad. Is that right?
0: Yes, yes, yes. Uh, that was a uh, when the mobile uh, internet uh, able to uh, utilize uh, Apple smartphone, Android smartphone, and kids are no longer uh, interested into ordinary uh, play ten or ordinary action figure besides couple uh, bo- a couple uh, po- a couple parts of body can move. Uh, basically, there's no interactive. So therefore, uh, the interactive industry jumping in into the mobile industry, every five years old, four years old, are able to get a iPad or a a cheap iPhone in their palm, in their hand to play interactive apps. Um, So therefore, the toy industry, as we all recognize, they're dying um, ever since the uh, younger uh, generation, younger kids able to get their hands on the iPad. And then we designed the uh, the, uh, the toys interact with a bridge. The bridge interact with iPad. So when the toys come into the bridge, the character pop up from the iPad app or from Mm. the uh, mobile app whether it's iPad or iPhone or Android smart device. So Hmm. that's entertaining the kids. So we actually was able to develop the app game, able to develop the technology, able to uh, launch the product uh, in Toys R Us and Amazon.
1: That's awesome. No, I think that's, so it's interesting because I know we we're only jumped into a few of the companies because you mentioned, you know, you did the pop-up sunshade, and then you did one, the company is called Playhut. And then you did the action figure and you even got into doing emails, you know, integrating video and audio products into emails. And that now brings you to where you're at today with focusing on, you know, mobile internet and how you're uh, doing some of the things with the uh, mad kicks, as you can see in the background and others. But, you know, it seems like th- there's a lot of different industries, a lot of different technology and a lot of different products that you've done. So was there kind of a guiding path that, you know, that kind of how you decided which next business to go to or is it just hey i have a great idea and i'm going to pursue it or how did you kind of decide which business as you jump you know move from business to business transition as to which one was your next business
0: there's a two or uh, major reason uh, allow me or help me to decide to get into uh, various industry first of all uh, every uh, product line every product or product line or product concept or I was able to uh, be a little creative uh, to take advantage, to analyze the market and find out, uh, and then doing pattern research to find out if there is a way to uh, protect myself in a legal way to, uh, by utilizing the USPTO uh, services and I can, use uh, intellectual property protection to protect mm. the idea. So that is one thing. So mm. therefore, whether it's automotive sunshine or play Playhut, or uh, the iZuka uh, smart device communicate with uh, Bluetooth and RFID chip to interact with the app, And even today's MacKicks all has intellectual property protections. We filed a patent uh, two months ago just to protect MacKicks. So that's one reason every industry I want to get into it uh, has its own uh, protection uh, advantage I can take. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is a great country uh, American is, America is uh, respect the intellectual property have a great legal system to protect invention and protect inventors. So that is why America is so, so good. And I decide to spend my lifetime stay in this country. It's, it's a beautiful country to support innovation support creativity and protect the innovation, protect the creativity. So that's a sidetrack. And the second um, uh, reason I'm going to it, uh, to the industry I'm choosing it, I'm no longer focusing my energy, my resource into a traditional product, but more high-tech related, more technology related, more internet and mobile internet related. Mm. Which is where the everybody going after uh, uh, as a, a trend or direction? Yes.
1: Okay. No, I, I think that makes sense of, 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 the, of the different guiding principles. So now, if we were to jump forward in time just a little bit, so you've had several of your different companies, whether started in all the way in the school, and I. This is an interesting parallel. That's when I was doing, and it, it wasn't in industrial design. But I was in MBA school. That's when I started my first business as well. So I always uh, applaud and uh, think it's a great thing to why you're in school, not just simply learn, but also to actually start a business and get to some real world and practical applications as opposed to simply just going through classes. So think that's great. So you started out with the pop shade, went through several businesses, brings you up to Mad Kicks. You're saying, hey, why don't we, are you going to enter into the mobile internet? And so maybe if you can just share a little bit, you know, a couple minutes on what is Mad Kicks, what are you guys doing and how how did you make that transition into the mobile industry?
0: Okay. Uh, The mobile industry is also uh, related to video technology. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ever since I start my video mail, uh, and, and we via the internet, that's already video-related and also internet-related. Uh, although I sold the technology to the company, I do have a contract obligation. I shouldn't be in this industry for a uh, little bit uh, near around 10 years. Now the contract obligation is long gone. After 2018, now I can start my business. So yeah. I... Uh, 2019, I was able to figure out some sort of concept, but not quite knowing what I, I need to do. So at that time, I have a Corey and I have a James, which is my CTO, and Corey is my CMO, to try to launch, get into mobile or internet business. So mm. by, by, by learning together, by, by working together, they were they were able to help me to identify several success uh, mobile app can really be uh, populated uh, by the video, okay? Although YouTube is video and uh, uh, Facebook and uh, all these popular uh, Instagram and and Snapchat now into already all go into video. Mm -hmm. But the video is a way to go, whether short form, long form, educational entertainment or uh, any other form and shape, video is the way to go. So I was able to uh, utilize my uh, knowledge about video and figure out if TikTok or other short form video can occupy the landscape of the market less than five, three years. That must be a huge demand. Although there is a lot of big giants, whether it's Microsoft, uh, Amazon, Apple, Facebook, Google, whatever. Everybody want to dive in this industry, but they all dive in because someone's successful. Just let me make, let us make a, a copycat out of this, which is not what MacKicks doing. kicks owned by a company called Asha LLC. We plan to de- develop six apps, four of them all related to video technology. We are able to share The back end, share the resource with these four apps together. So that would save our development time. But each app, we have niche focus. Some are focused on uh, short form video sharing. Some are focused on video communication. Some are focused on different areas. MacKick is the app we plan to launch first they're not only sharing the short form video, but sharing the music, sharing the picture and sharing the creativity. So we basically build a creative, create, so-called create creators community mm-hmm. to all the, the intelligence, borrow the creativity from open forum, open community chip in to build our content, not just uh, after I build my content, I up- upload it, and everybody go to view, ha, ha, ha. They make thumb down or thumb up. That's it. But we have our unique patented uh, feature. We'll inject it in this app. will make it rather unique. we we'll make it different. But again, also, um, very much available to the general public. Everybody can be here and can be uh, a a a contributor, creator, or viewer, or uh, able to do the social networking together.
1: Okay, no, I, I think that's uh, sounds like an exciting product. And one thing I was in, find interesting is you talked a little bit about you know niching down or having different. Um, you know, kind of different products. Video is your space and you're going to, you know, create, use video on the mobile platform But you're niching down. And it was interesting because I, you know, so I like, I obviously like podcasts on my own, but I also like to listen to them a lot. And I was listening to one that was a recent, uh, it's on a podcast called Business Wars and they went actually through the mobile industry, but for dating apps, right? So you have a whole bunch of different dating apps in the mobile industry, and it started out being a very broad industry. It was just dating in general, and now, you know, I don't, I've been married for 13 years, so honestly, I, I have no idea what's going on in the dating industry, but they talked about how, you know, they have ones that, you know, apps that are now niched down for people who want to date dog lovers, people that want to date you know, they had everyone example or people that are clowns for employment. They had, you know, almost every type of niche and they were, you know, made, I think in a, in a great argument is kind of what you're saying is, hey, there's a, if there's a big industry where a lot of people are using it, then you can find a lot of good niches within that industry that suit certain needs that people need it. So I think that that was an interesting correlation of how you're saying, hey, video is going to be very big. It's not going away. It's continuing to grow. If TikTok and others have built big companies on it. Let's now find the niches that they're overlooking and aren't doing as well or underserved communities and doing that. So I think that's awesome. Well, as we, you know, we always have more things to do and more things to talk about and discuss than I ever have time for in the podcast. We're starting to hit towards the end of the podcast, but I always have two questions that I always hit on it towards the end of the podcast. So maybe we'll jump to those now. So the, the first question I always ask is, so what was the worst business decision you ever made?
0: Oh, my God. I I wasn't prepared for that answer (laughs) for the question. (laughs) Um, I have a worst position of uh, uh, the business decision I made is make the decision to continue to ship to uh, supply to Toys R Us after they file uh, Chapter 11. And then after they uh, eventually went to uh, chapter seven. Millions and millions and millions of dollars of inventory. I can never get paid.
1: Mm. Ouch. That, that was, oh my God. That, thank that you. sounds both like a big hit and one that is a lesson learned that if they're going through bankruptcy, it's probably time to pull the plug.
0: Oh my God. But well, they were the, they were the last uh, so-called uh, chain store around the nation at the time, they still have 670 th- uh, 70 stores around the nation in the US. And they they, they said they need support. We're not uh, going away. We are under our reorganization uh, uh, a stage. So trust us, support us. I said, okay, because they are, I, I, I need, I, they were my 40% of business. So therefore I keep supplying them Boom, multi, multi million dollar, um, being wiped out.
1: But I, you know, and I, you say that, and I think that's an interesting, I guess, trap for lack of a better word to fall into is, hey, they're a big client. You need, you know, I want to support them. I don't want them to go away, and I don't want to, you know, offend them, or I don't want their them to take their business elsewhere if they're not going under. If they're coming back, and so you know, kind of hey, they're a big client and I wanted to keep them happy. And so it's a hard one to know when to pull the plug. So I think that's a a, a good lesson learned or or an interesting mistake made. So as I jump now to the second question I always ask is, so if you're talking to someone that's just getting into startups and small businesses, just starting out, what would be the one piece of advice you'd give them?
0: Um, My experience is always uh, intellectual property uh, protection. When you have a piece of inter, uh, intellectual property as a protection, and that gave you a lot more leverage to negotiate uh market share, negotiate cost of production, and also uh, carve out your own niche, protect your own niche, that gives you a opportunity to uh to be uh to slow down your competition or uh, the, uh, to fence out the knockoff, a uh, copycat or infringement. Mm. This is uh, if there is opportunity, if there's uh, a creativity, try to uh, file a legal protection to protect. And even the bank sometimes will respect you to have intellectual Property and then they even uh, have different uh, loan structure depends on which bank you have. Uh, still, those are very very important to small entrepreneur.
1: No, and hey, you're, and you're preaching your of the choir, so i I'm, I always I don't ever interject with telling or telling you know whether you need a patent or trademark within the podcast in the sense that I, you know I don't want to interject with their story, but I'm I'm in complete agreement that you can both get a better valuation, you can protect your business you can uh, box out other comp- competitors and there's a lot of advantages for intellectual property. So you're preaching the choir on that one. So, well, as we wrap up, if people want to find out more about your businesses about mad kicks or anything else that's going on, they want to invest, they want to buy your product, they want to work for you or anything you're all of the above, what's the best way to connect with you or reach out, reach out to you?
0: Um, my email address is a Brian Z at azuka.com. Azuka is a corporation I own and uh, also running the business for us. And all you can go to arsha llc.com, A R C I A llc.com to reach out uh, uh, uh us. Uh, we, we, uh, not only me, our whole management team will be able to catch the email the communication or just simply uh, uh, dial a number for. Uh, 909 I have uh, no privacy in terms of my phone number, uh, 20, uh, uh like 24 seven, the phone able to ring. If I'm not picking up, leave message or scream, yell at me, ask me to return phone call. I will do so.
1: <laughs> all right. Well, that's all sorts of great ways as well as madkicks.com uh, as well as I think is, uh, your website, yes. all of the above uh, are, I think, great ways to reach out to you. So, well, awesome. Well, thank you for coming on the podcast. It's been fun to hear a bit of your journey, what brought you to where you're at today. And uh, certainly it'll be fun to see where the next leg of your journey is. Um, for, those of you, oh, for those of you that are, uh, have your own journey to tell, um, feel free to apply to be on the podcast by going to inventivejourneyguest.com. We always are welcome interesting and uh, fun journeys to hear. Um, and certainly if you're a listener, make sure to click subscribe so you get a notifications when all this episode and all the new episodes um, air. And lastly, if you need any help with patents and trademarks, feel free to reach out to us at Miller IP Law. We're always here to help. Thank you again, Brian. It's been a pleasure. It's been fun to hear your journey and good luck on the next leg of your journey.
0: Well, thank you very much. Uh, keep in touch, Devin.
1: Will do.